Amwar makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Amwar, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for new-to-use styles. Now, I mentioned on the podcast recently that I have been pregnant or breastfeeding for four and a half years, and that season of my life came to a close recently, and I was like, I forgot I can wear normal clothes again that don't need to be breastfeeding friendly or constantly changing in sizes with a postpartum body. And so now I'm left with trying to figure out, well, what do I wear? What is my style? I can't even remember. And styles have changed so much in the last few years. And so I've been having fun experimenting with different types of clothing. And I love that Amoir has allowed me to try some different styles of jeans and kind of step outside my comfort zone and figure out what I love, what works for my body type, and to not have spent money on things that I was like, "Mm, actually, this doesn't work after I wore it a few times and realized I don't really like it. And so it's been a great opportunity for me to try out some new things and help me to define my personal style. And I also love that the style quiz, the different suggestions that they gave after I took the style quiz, it was right in line with what I would want to wear. And so I have just loved this service and I would love for you to get to try it out and get a great deal. Right now, my listeners can give Amwar a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit amwar.style forward slash crystal. That is amwar.style A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash crystal to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Amoir today. This episode is sponsored by Byheart, and I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in and all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. 
Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Payne Show. Today's topic is stop saying I can't. And this is going to apply in a lot of different ways. And it's something that I am just challenging my own self with. And Jesse and I are just going to talk about how this can play out in our lives. And I think it really segues well with some of the recent episodes where we talk with John Acuff on the negative soundtracks. And um, so we're going to talk about that. But before we do, we've got some other things to bring to you, including, Jesse, I have an embarrassing story for you. Not about you. <laughs> it's about me. You yeah. asked me how my radio interview went just yeah. recently. Uh-huh. So he, I had a radio interview. Um, it was on a a live radio interview, by the way, and it was on a show that is syndicated in a bunch of different states. So Jesse had just texted me. He had been upstairs with the babies while I was doing the radio interview, and he texted me to say, how did it go? And, and your response was, uh, see no evil. Um, no, it was the monkey with the... Yeah, the, the see, see no evil. Okay, but I use it as like a, um, yeah, I'm a little embarrassed about something. Oh, okay. Did you not know that's what that emoji was? I think, I thought it meant like, yes, like something went wrong or something the like that. The little monkey but, covering yeah, his yeah, eyes. Yeah. I use it, maybe I'm the only one, but I use it as in, um, oopsie. Yeah, so, well, this the interviewer, she was great. She was fantastic. She was super kind, um, but she had done her prep for Love Centered Parenting to talk about that by listening to our podcast episode on Love Centered Parenting, which is great. Okay. But we talked about stuff in that podcast. That weren't in the book. That was not in the book. Mm-hmm. And so hey, she- Hey, at least it was the right book. And it was- Yes. <laughs> But so she asked me a question that I hadn't gotten asked on any of the other interviews that I've done. And like I said recently, I've, I've done, I think now, 60 interviews, uh, radio and TV. That's 61, right? Uh, something like that. I need to go count, but it's right around that time. And uh, right around that time, right around that number. So she asked me, what are the three root causes for parents getting frustrated or having dysfunctional responses to their kids? And for the life of me, I could not, I could not remember. Like it caught me so off guard for one, because it's not in the book. So it's not something that was like on the sheet of questions. And also a lot of people don't just totally follow the sheet of questions, but they're going to like, they're going to ask things that are about the book. And so I remembered, <laughs> I remembered pride. So I talked about pride and I remembered, then I remembered fear. So like, as I'm talking and I'm trying to say coherent things and I'm thinking, what is the third one? What is the third one? What is the third one? She very specifically I'm, said, I'm actually really impressed that you came up with what they were on the fly as you were like, talking. I knew what she was referring to. And gratefully, she told me ahead of time that she had listened to our podcast. Otherwise, the way she asked the question, I wouldn't have even known what yeah. she was referring to. But 
I could not come up with a third one. And it wasn't like she said, so tell me what are some dysfunctional, you know, root causes. It was like, what are the three? I really appreciated how you addressed these three so well. And I was like, <laughs> so I was like, right. And I tried to like do it in a way that people wouldn't quite really get that I didn't. That you never got to the third one. <laughs> say three. <laughs> But I was just racking my brain. I was like, what is it? And I could not remember. So, I mean, I couldn't go on any longer. It's a radio interview. It's not like I had a lot of time. Oh, we're up so, against a heartbreak. We'll so get I back just, to number three as soon as I look back. To my- but it wasn't like I could go grab my book and look at it. Like, I don't have it. It was just, it's, it's just something yeah. that we shared <laughs> on the podcast. And I've talked about it a little bit in a few other interviews, but it's something that I haven't, I want to flesh it out fully. But I, you know, anyway. So, did I already say it was pride, fear, and selfishness? No, but, you never said the third okay, one. You so, were leaving us up in a... In, I did remember what it was eventually, okay. only because she came on and she said, I just really appreciate, you know, pride, fear, and selfishness. And and I think she was like saying it because she realized I didn't <laughs> say it, but she covered for me. And so then I was like, yes. Good, you know, and then, so then uh, in a, like a, the next question, I made sure that I like... It addressed all three of those <laughs> there. But I was like, what do you do when it's it's your I was like, part of me thought I should just say, you know what? I honestly can't remember what the third one is. But then I was like, I don't know, because I didn't want to completely throw her off either. That's you know So was anyway. was was that segment of the radio show brought to you by Secret Deodorant? <laughs> Secret deodorant and a first print. You mean you're because I'm probably, sweating? You're so probably much. sweating so much. It's just if you could have only like seen what was going on in my brain, and while I was trying to talk, it's just like you know this. If someone, I'm going to tell. I'm just going to spill this. I don't think I've ever shared this before, but how if I'm on an interview and someone asks me a question that I do not have an answer for, I always say, "Well, that's a really great great question." While I'm Trying to think, what on earth do I respond? So that was my embarrassing moment of the day. Well, I will say you have a very good talent of coming up with things on the fly. While you're talking, you're actually also thinking, as opposed to thinking before you're talking, you're thinking while you're talking, and you're really good at it. I think most women, that is a skill that we have that we can actually think and talk at the same time. I know men, usually you have to... <laughs> usually pretty difficult. <laughs> I don't know. I would love to know. Are there men... Well, the one man who listens to the show is going to say, <laughs> how many men out there are um, probably... But do your husbands or sons or other men in your life, do they... Uh, can they talk and think at the same time? Because, Jesse, you can, but I feel like mm-hmm. typically you think... And then you talk and then you have to stop and you have to think some more. And I generally try to do my thinking when other people are talking. Yes. Well, I try to be listening. (laughs) Actually, I'm thinking and listening usually. I made the mistake earlier and I probably shared this on the podcast early on in our marriage to ask you what you were thinking. Awful mistake. Husbands don't do that. No, because I think that it really helped you to understand me better Yeah. because I said, do you really want to know? And I think we have talked about this, but I said, do you really want to know? And you're like, yeah. I'm like, no, like, do you really (laughs) want to know what I'm actually thinking right now? All the things. You're like, yes. So then I started listing them off and your jaw there has just, been like 50, your things. jaw, it wasn't 50, but your jaw just dropped lower and lower. <laughs> and you're just like, it's because they were all unrelated. too. Wow. I mean, I'm like, 
Uh, it's, it's, it's always what's going on in my head. It's <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what are your embarrassing moments? Um, we'd love to hear from you. If you have a great story of an embarrassing moment, let us know. It's always good for a good laugh. I do have some possible helpful information that I'm actually remembering. I did write it down. So what's saving my life this week is my nails. I usually go and get my nails done, dip polish. I love this. I'm not one that spends much money on myself, but dip polish is something that I just really, really enjoy. And plus it just keeps my nails very strong. They're actually pretty brittle and break off really easily or rip off really easily if I don't have them painted and dip polish is great because when I get it done, it will usually last for four, even five weeks. And I don't even have to think about my nails for a whole entire month, which is amazing. But I've been struggling to find time to go and get them done just with our schedule and with nursing and then with baby D and just a lot of juggling right now, especially end of school year stuff. There's just been a lot of things going on. So I had heard from my sister and a few other people about these press-on nails, which I feel like isn't, I don't know, growing up, that was like, that was a thing. Yes, that was a thing. And I guess they've kind of come back in or something. But my sister who used to do her own dip polish nails, she highly recommended them. And so you went to Target on Saturday and you picked up a box of them for me and they were $7 for the box. There are And they look 30. just like the dip that you used to get from the salon. They do. I was, I was actually pretty impressed. The same color, too. They There were 30 in the box. They had a number. You know, they didn't have tons of different colors, but they had a variety. Had four, I think. And so you could actually do three different applications, I guess would be the mm-hmm. right word, for $7. Um, so, and they have stayed on for, it's been an entire week that I've had them. And I have had, so a couple of them kind of pulled off a little bit. I found that when I washed my hair, that seemed to kind of pull some off. So I just used nail glue and just put that underneath there. That's not very much pressure when you wash your hair. That's not very much pressure on your nails. So why would that cause it to come off? Well, one, I do use a lot of pressure on my nails because I'm like scratching my, I have a lot of hair. Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, especially because your hairline is... Getting, <laughs> it's retreating. We're almost back to the headset now. Um, but so you, bad. so you probably can just like get under the get it's kind of on both sides of the headset. It's going to meet in the middle yes, here pretty soon. You can just probably like do a little, I don't know, a little like sprinkle of sprinkle of some soap and like like just kind of put it back in the water and you're all rinsed off. Yeah. Anybody have any uh, hair growth treatment option plans? Um, I'm I'm. All ears. Uh, yeah, you're pretty much all ears. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's not much left up there. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, I see. do. <laughs> there we go. I do use my nails to really scrub my head, especially because I only wash my hair once a week. And so I have to wash it really, really well. And I do, I wash it multiple times. Anyway, this was not about washing my hair, but it's the water also that. So I heard from multiple people that they said, if you are washing dishes or you have your hands and water a lot, that's what really affects them and causes them to come off. So if you're going to wash dishes, you should always use gloves. Um, A couple of other things that people suggested also was make sure your nails are really roughed up. There's a little um, applicator. Sandpaper. uh, 
Well, actually, yes, they have like a little file thing that you're supposed to use. And then also they have a little pad that has some kind of, I think it's just alcohol on it, um, that to just make sure that there's nothing, no residue of anything on your nails. And then, um, when you apply it to make sure to push them down really, really well for 30 seconds all over the nail. And then a lot of people said to put it on before you go to bed. So they said the big thing was don't get them wet for about four hours and that will really help them. It helps the glue because it's, you just peel back this little strip on there and actually has glue. And so, um, you just stick it on. Uh, but anyway, all that to say, I've been very, very impressed with the impressed nails. I would say that I still will probably go and get my nails done with that polish some, um, because I also like getting the manicure and, um, it's just fun sometimes to do it and it lasts for so long. So these have, you have to maintain them a little bit more, just like I said, because some have fallen off and I've had to put more glue on. And I'm guessing the longest that anyone told me that they had kept theirs on was 14 days. So I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to be really happy if I was, I was happy to make it a week because some people said they haven't made it that long. I'm going to be really happy if I make it 10 days. Like, I feel like that's good, but it takes so, it maybe took five minutes to put them on and it's maybe taken a few minutes over the last week to, you know, fix the few that are coming up, but that's not very much time to have what I feel like they look really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's the impressed nails and supposedly Amazon has a lot of different colors. I haven't looked, but we will link to them in the show notes. And I have a book this week. Oh, wait, hold up. You always no, have a book. not always. I took a little break. Well, I didn't mean to, but I was, life happened. You had something that you were going to share about what's saving your life. And I promised you that I would set it up for you. So let me do this. <clears throat> Air. Air is saving my Um, Air is always good. You talked about Panera Coffee and getting the free Panera Coffee that we did for three months. And then now you're paying, I think, is it $8.99? $9 a month. Um, $9.47 with tax, I think. With tax a month that you can get unlimited coffee at Panera. Well, every two hours you can go and get a free coffee or tea. You can go through the drive-thru. I really think they need to make it be like a, a... coffee drip you know just go in get your iv bag full of coffee that takes two hours to go through and then re-put it in re-put it in so you we've talked about that and how much you love that and you love their hazelnut coffee and then we've also talked about i like their hazelnut coffee or correction oh it's decent is that what you're saying it's decent for 947 a month yes okay there are other coffees at more frou-frou coffee shops that you like better correct but this is a decent coffee for the price, yes. especially if you're getting it every day because that comes yes. out to be really cheap, very inexpensive <laughs> for like feeling like you're kind of yeah. treating yourself. Yeah. Um, but then we've also talked about collagen and how much we both love collagen, mm-hmm. but you have kind of, but it's not helped my hair growth. That's obvious. Yeah. 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 That's we're still waiting on that. Um, maybe it takes like a year or something. <laughs> Seems like it's going in the reverse though. But so collagen and the coffee, but kind of tell you have this little routine now that involves mm-hmm. some other things too. Well, what started me on it was here what, a number of years ago, I tried to start doing the bulletproof coffee, which is combining MCT oil with grass fed butter and coffee, which for the record is really good really fattening, but really good. And the, the kind of the theory behind it is supposed to help with your cognitive, your thinking processes. Your, it's supposed to help your brain kind of wake up anyway. Apparently I needed some of that before I did that interview earlier. I guess so. I guess so. 
but um, it left a weird taste in my mouth. It, it and, and so I was trying to figure out, okay, is it the MCT oil or is it the butter? Is it the combination of the two? Um, so I, I stopped drinking it for a while and then we started um, using the collagen and I like that putting that in the coffee, it makes it, it kind of froths it up a little bit. And I use the chocolate collagen too. And so it gives it a little sweeter taste, but, um, I add the MCT oil to it and that helps with the, it's supposed to help with the brain, brain health and make you more alert in the mornings, but it also makes keeps you full. And I think it's because of the fat content of the content of the MCT oil. Cause so I don't really, Feel I I drink that about what seven in the morning. It lasts till about eight probably or so, and then I don't generally eat until about ten or eleven. I'm not really hungry, mm-hmm. so I found that was kind of interesting. I don't know if if it suppresses the appetite or if it just makes you feel full or what, but um, I find myself eating later in the day, and I guess it's a form of intermittent fasting that's maybe not purposeful intermittent fasting and because I'm definitely not consistent as far as the intermittent fasting part of it goes. But yeah, that's what I do pretty much every morning. I, I put the MC2 oil and the collagen in a travel mug the night before. And then uh, when I take Caitlin to skating in the morning, swing by Panera, which is there's a, a Panera nearby and get the coffee there and mix it up in the car and go from there. And you have your frou-frou coffee drink. Yep. So the book that I'm reading is Praying Mom by Brooke McLaughlin. And she actually asked if I would write an endorsement for it. And because of just my heart for encouraging moms to be prayer warriors for their kids and how I believe some of the greatest work that we can do as a mom is on our knees praying for our kids. I just really passionate about this. So I was excited to get to read it. And I think it's a really fantastic book, especially for any mom who feels like, I don't know, you know, is this important? Or for a mom who is feeling like, I want to be praying for my kids, but I just, I don't even know, what do I pray? Like, what would I say? I talk to a lot of women who feel like they want to be praying, but they feel like they don't know the words. Mm. And so she gives lots of practical examples of how to pray, talking about praying scripture. She gives lots of prayer examples just to kind of use it. I feel like even as a prayer manual, as you know, maybe you didn't grow up in a faith tradition where prayer and, you know, it was not something that you saw modeled or you didn't grow up in um, a Christian home. And so you would really love to be praying more and praying for your kids, but you need some kind of direction and help as you learn. I think it's a great, um, would be a great help for that. And it just for someone like me who believes in the power of prayer and grew up in a home where I saw it modeled a lot, had lots of opportunities to practice as we were praying in school and praying before meals and all of that. But just the reminder of the importance of prayer and that, it truly is impactful in our kids' lives. And also, I feel like for our life, mm. like so often prayer changes us because it is our release to the Lord of situations. So, mm-hmm. for instance, in parenting, it's releasing our kids to the Lord and saying, 
God, I'm trusting you in this situation that might feel overwhelming or I don't know what to do and I'm trusting you. Would you please give me wisdom? And so I just found it to be a valuable resource. So again, that was Praying Mom by Brooke McLaughlin, and we'll link to that in the show notes. Jesse, what are you reading right now? started reading back up the Cross Shadow novel by Andrew Huff that I'd been reading before the Jack Carr book that I just finished. So starting that back up again. So you'll have an update for us hopefully next yep. time. And that's the third book in the series. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. I think it's it's either Cross Shadow or Shadow Cross. I think it's Shadow Cross. That sounds, I think it's Shadow Cross. Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly. We'll, we'll link to that in the show notes. All right. So stop saying I can't. I can't. <laughs> I just can't stop saying it. No. I have encountered so many excuses as I have been blogging. I uh, have as a father. However many My years. <laughs> but I've but then it shines the light back on yes, me. It's very and true. so that's what I wanted to talk about today because it's easy to get frustrated with other people mm-hmm. who are maybe saying I can't or making excuses. But let's focus on ourselves. So let's say that you want to or wish you could change something in your life, or you want to do something. Let's say you want to start a business. You want to, uh, maybe you're considering homeschooling your kids, or you want to change some type of way that you're eating. You want to eat healthier, or maybe you want to lose weight or get in better shape. Maybe you say, we'd really love to foster. Or you want to be involved in your local church more, or you want to save money or cut your grocery bill or pay cash for something or get out of debt. There's all these things that we can look at that we feel like, I'd really love to do that. And maybe it's a passion that's burning in your heart, but I find so often that we will feel resistance and that resistance will come in the form of, I can't do that because of X, Y, and Z. And I hear this so often, you know, I I talk online a lot about cutting your grocery bill and just mostly it's, I'm not talking about it as much as I'm just showing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And I get a lot of responses in from people saying, well, I can't do that because we live out in the country and we don't have very many grocery stores, or um, I have three teenage sons, or we um, have all of these allergies. And so I'm not even saying you should do this. I'm just showing what we're doing as a family. And I know that when people write in and say, they tell me their reasons why they can't, there's a part of them that is wanting to change, that is wishing they could change. Maybe that's a hasty generalization, but I really feel like when you are giving those excuses without being asked, you're feeling that resistance. And so you want to kind of prove why it won't work for you. Do you think that's an accurate, that's accurate? Yeah. I would also say don't use the word wish because when you use the term wish, it automatically gets followed by the word, but, mm-hmm. and it presupposes that there's reasons that you can't have whatever you're quote unquote wishing for. I think the better term would be a desire. Mm-hmm. Like stop wishing for, stop dreaming of, because I think both of those can kind of lend itself to be this. The theory. Vague mm-hmm. thing out there. But 
if there's something in your heart, you're feeling this desire, we'll use that, you're feeling this desire for something. I know with foster care, we've heard from so many families who have said, we really would love to foster, but, mm-hmm. and they'll give a lot of reasons. And some of them are completely valid. You're not in a season of life where you can, or we'd really love to get out of debt, but, or I'd really love to get in better shape, but I just want to challenge you. If there is anything in your life where you're coming up to that wall of resistance, where you're making excuses or maybe they're not even excuses. They're valid reasons that you're saying we can't do this. And yet it's something that it's a desire in your heart. Mm-hmm. I want to challenge you to instead of saying I can't do this because of X, Y, and Z, say what can I do? So I think foster care is a great example. Maybe you have very valid reasons why you cannot foster. Your home is too small. You're in a season of life where it wouldn't work. You have, you know, four small young children. Uh, You have special needs in your home already. And you just know that for one child, it would just not work well to bring in another child or, or whatever it is. Maybe they're very valid reasons. But instead of saying, well, we can't foster. So then, you know, we'd like to, but we can't. Say, what can we do? Maybe it's to come alongside a family who is fostering and provide babysitting for them or run errands for them or bring meals to them or provide financial support for them or, you know, go shopping and get clothes for them. Come alongside, do what you can. What can you do with what you have where you are? Same thing when it comes to, let's say, You want to pay cash for a house and you're saying, but there's no way we can. I know we've shared our story a lot of, you know, how we pay cash for our house. And we know that what we've done isn't something that everyone can replicate. We were in a unique situation. But instead of saying, well, I can't do that. What can I do? Could you get creative? Could you think outside the box? Could you save up to pay a larger down payment? Could you, you know, put more towards your monthly payments so that you could pay it off more quickly? Could you downsize in-house so that you could significantly cut your mortgage? What can you do? Or when it comes to getting healthier to say, you know, I, I hear from moms a lot who say, I just don't have time to exercise. And I think it's because we think of exercise as like it has to be this go to the gym and work out for an hour or, you know, commit to some big exercise program. And maybe you're in a season of life where that just isn't viable. But what can you do? Could you take a walk with your kids every afternoon in the double stroller for 20 minutes? What can you do? Could you make healthier choices? You know, if you have a choice between this and this, you can choose the healthier choice. And this is not about guilting anyone in anything. This is just challenging all of us to say, are we saying I can't? When in a sense, it's almost as if we're saying, I don't want to. (laughs) I don't want to have to put in the mental effort 
to try to figure something out. So I'm just going to give the excuses. Instead of saying, I can't, what can you do? And I challenge myself with this a lot because if I find myself saying, well, I don't do that. I'm not that. I can't do that. Well, why am I saying that? Where is that coming from? And is there something that I need to lean into that resistance? And instead of saying, I can't say, what can I do? And so I would just challenge in every situation, kind of taking, I can't out of your vocabulary. And you all can call me out because I know, I know this is still in my vocabulary. I can't call you out. What can you do? (laughs) Call me out on it because it's something that I'm working on in my own life of saying, what can I do? And, and maybe when you say, what can I do as you're processing through that, you're saying, you know what, actually, this is not something that God's calling me to, Mm -hmm. you know, when it comes to foster care, maybe God's calling you to do something else. As Christians, I feel very passionately that we are to be caring for widows, widowers, orphans, fatherless, but everyone is not called in the same way. Mm -hmm. And so what has God called you to? So when you say, what can I do? Really asking, you know, is there something that he's calling me to do in this? And maybe I'm resisting because it's going to mean some sacrifices. It's going to mean some rearranging of my schedule. It's going to mean that I'm going to have to give up something that I really want. Maybe it's going to mean that I'm going to have to step into some hard and messy and scary places or something that's awkward or uncomfortable. And so that's where the resistance is coming from. You know, I was thinking about something when when you say I can't do X because of Y, you're no longer looking at X. You're looking at why. Mm-hmm. And when we, you know, if we're out driving and we, we're looking at the path that we want to go and, and there's an, an obstacle that we get fixated on, um, whether it's in our path or it's a distraction and our heads turn, usually our vehicle will travel the direction that our head turns mm-hmm. and we'll go towards whatever that obstacle is. So don't get so focused and entranced on the why you can't do something. Keep your focus on what it is that you're going to try and your want the objective that you're wanting to do, not why you cannot get that done. And try to find a creative solution around that obstacle, whether it's over it or around it or under it. And sometimes I think it's it's beside it in the sense of that we maybe aren't going to do that thing. Like you're maybe not going to be able to accomplish that big thing that someone else did, but they could inspire you Mm -hmm. to make a small change that's going to get you moving in the direction that you want to go. And maybe it's going to not, you're not going to end up at all where you thought you were going to be, but it's going to be the step in the direction that's going to change your life Mm -hmm. in a really profound way. So I'm challenging myself. Jesse, challenging you, challenging everyone who is listening. Stop saying, I can't. And instead, say, what can I do? Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 